BGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 668, recorded on November 16th, 668th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 501st episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Jack. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry and a gaming flashback. So, um, I haven't been playing much lately. Um, just basically going through lethal uh, level of difficulty for State of Decay 2, and I've decided to start a fresh with Elite Dangerous, which means I junked my giant luxury ship, gave myself a cheap fighter to start over, because here's the thing. I want to be able to access Earth, and you cannot access Earth unless you fight for, for Earth for a little bit, so you can get the pass. So I want the friggin' pass to get to Earth, so I'm going to go through my combat just, just so I can get my uh, pass, and then I'll just go elsewhere and say, okay, I did my job. I just want I just want to be able to ferry people from Earth and back and stuff like that. Uh wait, that was Star well, no. I'm sorry. Elite Dangerous. Uh, Elite Dangerous. Yes. <laughs> Starfield isn't out for a while. No, I know. I that's <laughs> I need, I don't think you can go to Earth in Starfield anyway, so I got my uh I got my space firing uh epics mixed up. Okay. Uh, it's not Star Citizen either. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it when it becomes uh when it actually gets released. Actually, I'm really interested in Squadron 42 because that's gonna be the single player version, and I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Yeah. I mean they they got Gary Oldman, they got they got Mark Hamill, they got they got uh, I think they they got Lance Henriksen, they got all these actors, and I they probably recorded all those lines. So, and the music is still great. If nothing else comes out of Star uh, Star Citizen, it's the music. It is just by Pedro Camacho. It is amazing. Hmm. So, um, I also started, but I I only did the opening cutscene for Gotham Knights. It looks beautiful on my PC, but then it crashed. So. Aww. <laughs> So that's a little preview of what to expect. Anyways, what have you been playing, Scott? I've been playing Tactics Ogre that came out this month. Okay. And it's a remaster of, uh, I think, the PSP version. And uh, it's a tactical RPG game. Uh, no, just so you know, it's called, it's technically called Tactics Ogre Reborn. Yeah. Uh, but it's clinging together or something, I think it was. Oh, Reborn, yeah. But um, the, the other subtitle was uh, uh, Cling Together. And um, it's it's a tactical RPG game where you have characters with different classes that you can change out and uh, different equipment to change out and level up. Uh, changed it from the original version that I, I've been told used to have uh, different points and uh, different kind of experience for the character or for the classes. Now it's just the character has a level and can switch to any class with a, uh, a class mark and you can switch out their uh, abilities, their, their spells or equipment uh, for some really nice customization. And it has an interesting story so far too. Yeah. I mean, some people are, are upset with it because it has a level cap based on story progression you know, which really bites, which really, you know, annoys them. Just, you know, the original came out in 2010. Yeah. Uh, so I've been enjoying that game. Uh, I like the story so far, at least I'm, you know, interested. And uh, I guess I have to do some grinding to get some equipment to be uh, strong enough to do finishers for those weapons. Um, so they're um, going to have to do training and it's interesting because the training doesn't give you gear 
you just get experience points. So you have to be a little bit more careful with uh, your equipment and the funds that you get. It, it's not, um, you don't get a, a way to, there's no random battles to grind up exp, um, money. Did you ever play uh, Final Fantasy Tactics? Uh, yeah, it, it's certainly in that style. You have uh, alignments and you have um, element uh, affinities. And so, you know, if you equip the right spell to an affinity, it'll be stronger. And if you attack an enemy that has the opposing affinity, they get uh, more damage dealt to them. So there's stuff like that. Yeah. How about you, uh, TJ? What have you been playing? I played a uh, tactics ogre. Blah. I played tactics ogre as well, but I also uh, played some other stuff. I I, I like the uh, the setup in tactics ogre. And, and by the way, the that game originally came out on the Super Nintendo in 1995, but it was only in Japan. Uh, the 2010 is a remake of the PSP Super Nintendo game for the PSP, and then this one, Tactics Ogre Reborn is a remaster of the 2010 PSP game. Um, it actually like it, it actually was the precursor to Final Fantasy Tactics. It was actually like the the foundation on which they built Final Fantasy Tactics. And you see that a lot in the and what they've got going on with the game. Um, I like the they have a system in the game called the Chariot Tarot system. And uh it has two roles and the story. There are a lot of branching paths in the game that determine who joins you, who doesn't, who you kill, who lives, uh, and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and the chariot tarot system basically, it lets you go back to pivotal choices in the game and, uh, and go and see what would have happened if you took another choice without having to do like a whole another save. I love that in games. um, it all, and then in battle, you can use the chariot tarot system to uh, go back a certain amount of turns and replay the turn in different ways. And it has, I think in story battles, it has limited, you can only use it so many times, but uh, it's still pretty nice for like, you get a, basically you have a mulligan system in the battle game. And I, uh, I like that a lot too. Um, you can kind of adjust the difficulty that way with it, and I, I, I like I like uh, modernized RPGs that that take a little bit of the padding out. In any case, um, I've also been playing uh, Signalis, which uh, it is a horror game, uh, a sci-fi horror game from who was who was it that did this one? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. I'm finding it. Uh, it's Rose Engine and uh, published by Humble by Humble Games. Um, it's a sci-fi horror kind of in the vein of Resident Evil, kind of in the vein of Silent Hill. Um, you play as an android on a uh, on a broken down space like station. Uh, not having any memory of how you got there or or what happened, but like on the station there are other androids just like you, and and like each of them has different roles. Like some some androids are built for engineering, some androids are built for combat and security. Um, but there's something terribly wrong going on, and you have to sort of like you you go it, it's an extremely atmospheric game the enemies are are creepy and and pretty dang good um the puzzles are pretty fun as well uh it's got a very limited inventory system harkening back to those old school like resident evil one days and uh i like it a lot it's it, it was a i i played i'm about five hours into it and uh I hear that it gets very difficult later on with like how much how many enemies it throws at you, but for the most part, I've been having a really good time with it. Anyways, there is a gaming flashback, and this time we have gaming flashback Dishonored. I could have sworn we had done this one, but I checked and we never did it. Hmm. Uh, I think it's because we had a discussion about Dishonored 2 a while ago. Anyways, Dishonored is a 2012 action-adventure game developed by Arcane Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It's set in the fictional plague-written industrial city of Dunwall, 
Uh, Dishonored follows the uh, story of Corvo Atano, a bodyguard of the Empress of the Isles. He is framed for her murder and forced to become an assassin, seeking revenge on those who conspired against him. Corvo is aided in his quest by the Loyalists, a resistance group fighting to reclaim Dunwall, and the Outsider, a powerful being who imbues Corvo with magical abilities. Several noted actors, including Susan Sarandon, Brad Dourif, Carrie Fisher, Michael Madsen, John Slattery, Lena Headey, and Chloe Grace Moritz, uh, provided voice work for the game. Uh, the game is played from a first-person perspective and allows the players to undertake a series of missions in a variety of ways with the emphasis on player choice. Missions can be completed through stealth, combat, or a combination of both. Exploring each level open up, opens up new paths and alternatives for accomplishing mission goals, and it is possible to complete all missions, eliminating all of Corvo's targets in a non-lethal manner in the uh, fate-worse-than-death method. Um, the story and missions are changed in response to the player's violent actions or lack thereof, uh, magical abilities and equipment are designed to com- are designed to be combined to create new and varied effects. Dishonored received positive reviews from critics. Our aggregate review website Metacritic provided a score of 91 out of 100 uh, for the Microsoft Windows version, 89 out of 100 for the PS3 version, and 88 out of 100 for the Xbox 360 version. Uh, reviewers likened Dishonored to well-received uh, games from the early 2000s, such as Deus Ex and the Thief video game series. As a matter of fact, um, when Dishonored 2 came out, uh, they said, oh, you're really disappointed with the new Thief reboot? Well, guess what? We have Steven Russell voicing Corvo this time. Because I had forgotten that in the first game, Corvo was silent. <laughs> if you play, when I, if I play Dishonored again, I said, wait, he's not talking. Oh, that's right. They didn't have a voice mm-hmm. for him in that series. Silent Pro Tag. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird in that first game, because like, there's really no reason given for why he's a silent protagonist, other than he just is. Except he's really, really pissed. <laughs> um, yeah. We, I also did not mention uh, the rats in the game, which is sort of like, hey, guess what? This is a precursor to uh, the, uh, oh, God. My Plague brain Tale. Plague Tale ga- uh, games. So in this game, it was really creepy when you first saw the rats because uh, there would be a dead body there and all these rats would just strew out and just eat the body and leave it there. It's like they're here. And when you saw a bundle of rats nearby, if you didn't have the possess abilities, you'd be like, "Uh uh-oh, I hope they don't see me. And you could, you could also just like go ahead and sick them on enemies too. Well, that too, I'm just saying, but (laughs) one of the, one of the reactions is, oh dear, I hope they don't see me. (laughs) Uh I remember the time stop spell in that game was like, the key to breaking everything. Yeah. <laughs> once you, once you, once you level up the time stop and the and the blink to their full capacity, you can basically stop time for about seven seconds and then jump like twenty feet at a at a time. <laughs> yeah, the game was really finicky, by the way, uh, because I wanted to do the no deaths thing, right? But uh, there was a mission in which you had to save somebody, but it was just really badly done and. Uh, no matter how many times I redid it, they would always die. So I said, screw it. So I went on an all-murder thing. I not only killed my enemies, but I killed everybody in, in, you know, in the place as sort of a leave-no-witnesses sort of thing. So I just went off and just killed everybody. I wanted to see how bad it would get. And sure enough, the city got darker, and there were more rats because you were leaving out food for them and stuff like that. So... Uh, <laughs> Wasn't it is the route I usually go, but I just got frustrated enough to say, you know what, I'm just going to be a murder. I'm going to be a murder engine. Just kill, 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 kill everybody. That game had some spectacular deaths as far as like the the key targets too. I think one of the ones that stayed with me the most is uh it, one of the the twin. There's a mission where you have to kill twin brothers in a brothel. Yeah, and one of the options is just the sex. Uh, uh, the non-lethal version was to sell them into sexual slavery. Yeah, uh, they get sent off to a mine, and their tongues get cut off. No, wasn't there? Wasn't one of them just uh, selling them to sexual slavery? I know that was one of the fates of one of the women in that. Huh. With the twins, they they get their tongues cut out, and they uh, get sent to a mine to do manual labor. Um, but uh, there is, I I think down the line there is one like what you're saying. Like I I think it's the sisters. Something like that. Um, any, in either case, like, like some of the strip, scripted kills. One of the ones that stays with me the most is one of the twins in the brothel. Uh, you can wait for him and uh, his mistress to go down to the sauna, 
and then you can yank the the handle off the steam gauge and and uh, turn Boil it on and, yeah. and just scorch them alive in the sauna. <laughs> it's uh it's pretty it's pretty intense. They uh they had some very 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 creative ways to off your enemies in that game. The other thing I noticed was the character design I realized was the arcane design because apparently they do all their characters looking like that. Yeah, arcane characters were really ugly for a really long time. I think the they finally figured out how to make an attractive character in uh and Deathloop. But yeah, well, I mean, he, even uh, that's debatable. You was okay in in uh, Prey, but still, we have to talk about that game at some point. Uh, the game uh, Prey, the, uh, the game that uh, Prey that has nothing to do with Prey, has more to do with System Shock. So. Anyways, we're going to move on to quick news. Um, first thing is, uh, uh, is that you? Thank you. Multiverse Season 2 Live, and it'll be adding Marvin the Martian, and an insp- a map inspired by Game of Thrones. So you can use your Ludium 238 things so you can get a better view of m- m- Venus. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be interesting. I wonder how they're going to make Marvin play because um, uh, he has his ray gun. I'm pretty sure. Gigi, please come yeah, he's got it right. Can you mute that? Can you mute your your thing, Scott? Because I can hear the scratching noises. Deirdre. Anyways, um, next item is uh, Bethesda speechless after watching a Fallout 76 fan made live action trailer. Now I have to put an asterisk on. Fan made because I'm pretty sure uh, those were professional video uh, producers, and it was probably a uh, uh, an audition tape, so to speak. But it looked really good. I mean, they had all the props too. They had the little um, little bobbleheads, you know, the uh, Pip Boy bobblehead, bobbleheads and all that stuff. They knew their stuff, and they have fans saying we want a Fallout 76 TV series because they have the Fallout series coming. But we don't know anything about it. But the Fallout 76 fan-made live-action trailer looks really good. And Bethesda was shocked at how good it was, too. I haven't seen it yet. I'll have to check this out. But oh, like, it, it looks like a very well-made, professional uh, trailer you know, for a movie or something. DJ, your, your draw will drop. Yeah, it's very impressive. Very well done. Let me... Oh, no, we're gonna I'll, I'll watch it later, but I, I, I'll take your word for it. I, I've wanted to get into Fallout 76 and see if it's better than it was. I mean, I know it's better than it was when it started because I, I mean, people have told me so. But when I first, I, I, I was at um, launch for Fallout 76, and it was, you know, it wasn't bad. It was just barren. I only saw one other player in like 20 hours of play. I only saw another player once. Hmm. I'm sure that's different now. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. That. I actually wouldn't mind that either. I would actually prefer like playing a solo in that and see, how, see what I can do with it. Here's the thing. Now you have NPCs. Oh, uh, yes. Scott, please turn off someone. Uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate Perks now offer free trials for Apple TV Plus and Apple Music. And the only reason I'm including this is that I just find it deliciously ironic because here's Microsoft and Apple, you know, cooperating like that. Huh. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting to see that. Like, but you know, if there's money to be made, and Apple, Apple is absolutely taking a cut of that by putting it on, uh, by pa- by ga- putting it on Game Pass. So they're getting something out of it. Uh, finally, and this one will probably sing to you, uh, TJ, Near Replicant Protagonist had his flying talking book to join Rainbow Six Siege as part of the Year 7 uh, Season 4 update. So <laughs> That's so weird. That is the... I don't understand <laughs> that. I don't understand this collaboration at all. Why? Like, I like Near and I like Rainbow Six. I would <laughs> never think to put Near and Rainbow Six together in the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be, uh, what's it called? To be right? Um, no, it's a different one in near replicant. Replicant. Uh, oh, it's the unnamed. It's an unnamed protagonist. Okay, and his companion Grimoire Weiss. Yeah. Oh. Automata was the one that had to be. 
Oh, okay. Near replicant. See, I didn't catch that. But still, anything in the near universe and, and uh, you know, and I mean, he looks the part. He's not, he doesn't really, um, he doesn't, he just has that wool suit, you know, which is vaguely military. It's just an interesting crossover. Yeah. And of course, inter- if you think about Guard, it, it's not that far off. <laughs> also good restraint by them to use just like the protagonist and not use that creepy little smiling email head that they had for <laughs> like their mascot. No, they're reserving that for if they cross over with the outer world. <laughs> the book is still weird though. It has a, it has a creepy face too. It's not, it's not the big smiling face, but it's the, it's just, it still has a face. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just, just make sure you, you say Klaatu Barada Nikto. Before using that book. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we don't have much news this week uh, because everything is just batshit crazy with other stuff that's in the tech news. So the first news item, and I know I'm, I'm going to let you handle this after I finish, uh, TJ, because I know that you've been talking about the stuff that's capped after. Uh, Musk reportedly laid off everyone who ran Twitter's million uh, follower gaming account. Uh, the official Twitter account at the beginning of 2016 it was part of an effort of uh, supporting the game, avid gaming community, and help the top gaming organizations and personalities deliver uh, high quality to, to and engage with their fans on Twitter. But now it appears to be gone for good, maybe. Uh, the Twitter gaming account hasn't tweeted since November 3rd, and one day before Musk uh, cut the company's workforce in half, the layoffs affected a wide range of teams at the company, including, including according to a uh, Reuters report, uh, communications, content curation, human rights, and ethics. Gee, what a surprise. Uh, some product and engineering teams are also impacted by the uh, cuts. Uh, Shiraz Siddiqui, uh, formerly the tech, uh, senior social lead for Ga- Twitter Gaming, confirmed that he'd been cut, uh, he'd been let go last week, as part of, uh, well, two weeks ago as a part of those layoffs. But it wasn't just Siddiqui who was cut loose. A new Washington Post report says the entire marketing side of Twitter Gaming was let go at the same time. That squares with the current state of the 1 million follower account, which tweeted on November 3rd and one day before the layoffs. Prior to that, the account had tweeted on almost a daily basis, but it's been completely silent since. Gaming in several, uh, gaming in several, gaming in general represents a significant portion of Twitter's overall activity. The Washington Post says there were 1.5 billion tweets about gaming in the first half of 2022 compared to the 10.4 billion tweets about quote-unquote news. There have been also reports that after cutting too deep, Twitter is now begging some former employees to please come back. Though for now it's gone. Collateral damage has been the ongoing black hole collapse of one of the first world's foremost social networks. And that's not the end of the news, TJ, because I know you've you've been reporting on it on Shack News as well, some stuff that's been coming up. So there are two stories to come out of uh, the Elon era of Twitter today. Uh, one is that he told the remaining staff that they have to uh, they have to sign a pledge that uh, that says they're committed to uh, hard to hardcore work on Twitter for the foreseeable future, yeah, which will include intense hours, or they can leave with severance. So here's the thing: you can either. Uh Get paid to leave, or you can go undergo a really massive tech crunch. You can either be paid to leave, or you can swear fealty and, uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck ever. In, in any case, the the other story to come out today was that uh, Elon Musk is, a, is currently involved in a, a lawsuit from uh, one of the Tesla shareholders. Uh, over his excessive uh, compensation as tw- as uh, in, as an executive in the company, to which uh, Elon Musk said that he doesn't actually want to be CEO of any company, including Twitter, and is planning on cutting uh, on like l- he's planning he's only taking the leadership of Twitter until he can find someone else to do it for him. You know, here's the thing: he wants to pump and dump. That's basically it. Oh yeah, he does, and, that's the only way he makes money is pumping and dumping. Uh, uh, um. Uh, cryptocurrency. By the way, the other thing that we have to talk about is that um, advertising uh, agencies have fled Twitter, and now he's forced to uh, have SpaceX buy ads on Twitter, which is I don't know how you. It's his own company that's that's buying ads on Twitter. I, I don't think that's going to help him raise money. So he doesn't actually know how to run anything, does he? Nope. I mean, he's he's a he, uh, he 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 did Tesla and he marketed the hell out of it. That's the only skill he has. 
is is raising uh, uh, something's profile, but he's not a tech person. He's not a business person. He's a mini Trump who doesn't know how to run a business. It's been a clown fiesta ever since he got a hold of it. Like, ultimately, like the folks at Twitter, the, the, the Twitter board, they they saw the money and they took it and they ran. And I guess good on them because uh, Twitter is not worth $44 billion. Uh, the um, other thing that is that um, now they're – what's it called? They have to deal with the stupid fake blues and they had to turn it off. And now they're going to relaunch the blue uh, check marks at some point. And he – his idea was to raise to raise money was to sell those blue check marks for eight bucks. And, of course, we all found out what happened. Tons and tons of parody accounts saying wild stuff, and um, then he had to threaten – you had to put parody in your account or – but that – yeah. Uh, but you know what? So what if you ban them? They'll still get what? Eight or six tweets out? There was a whole Mario flipping off the internet for a couple hours, apparently. So, and people took pictures of it and spread it. So, you know, it's, it's been a real dumpster fire over there. It's a tire fire. <laughs> it's a train wreck. Yeah. Almost as much of a train wreck as uh, the Cutter uh, FIFA thing is going to be. I mean, one of the funniest things is that... Uh, the representative, the ambassador, the cutter ambassador to FIFA started talking about how uh, people with homosexuality is just brain damage or something like that. And the funniest part was after the second he said that, they said, this interview is over. <laughs> the person handling him said, no, this interview is over. Let's get out of here. Bye. We don't want this guy talking anymore. <laughs> Work. Yeah. And now um, the eight European uh, uh, soccer teams are going to be wearing uh, rainbow armbands. You know what really? You know what really is? If you're going to be an ultra uh, religious conservative country, maybe you shouldn't hold a party for the rest for the entire world. Because I guarantee you, they're going to have people that upset you. Especially if if you ban alcohol. Yeah. So uh, and even Seth Blatter said it was a mistake. Although he's always talking about the size of the country, and I was finding all these payouts they made. You know, I mean, France, uh, what's it called? Told their uh, told their FIFA rep to vote for Qatar because they were because uh, they needed to buy uh, oil from not oil gas from Qatar, and then then France sold them fifty uh, uh, fighter jets. Really shady stuff. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is that, you know, uh, Qatar is well aware that they can't keep on going with uh, non-renewable energy, which is why they're trying to diversify. But the thing is that, you know, if tourism is one of your things, you do know that, um, A, they can't afford you. B, uh, you have to be more friendly to whom you consider deviants, you know. It's just a tire fire there, too. And I'm urgently looking forward to seeing how bad it's going to be. You did see uh, the $400 a night uh, cargo containers that people will be staying in that hopefully will have air conditioning. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you something. Cargo containers can get hot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Especially when they're just sitting out in the sun baking on the ocean for a long period of time. You know what you're reminding me of? Um, what was that really tremendously failed Coachella sort of thing? Firefest. Yeah, it's sort of remind me of that. It's gonna be a it's gonna be one hot disaster. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it has nothing to do with video game. Oh, okay. So now we know why EA isn't too isn't too um, distressed about dumping the FIFA <laughs> the FIFA with a <laughs> label. <laughs> For their soccer game. This is the last year yep. they're going to be using the FIFA uh, FIFA uh, 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 name, brand. Yep, they're moving over to uh, EA Sports FC. That's that's going to be the new name of their new soccer games. Anyway, speaking of tri- uh, tire fires, take the next one, TJ. Alrighty. GameStop to end FTX partnership will will refund crypto gift card purchases from Check News. 
In a shocking move, FTX filed for for bankruptcy on November 11th after it failed to seal a seal an acquisition deal with Binance. This move will have a profound impact on the many partnerships that FTX had, and one notable partner has already provided an update on what's next. Just two months after GameStop and FTX partnered to further integrate GameStop into the crypto world, GameStop has announced that it's cutting ties. GameStop shared the news on its official Twitter account dedicated to the company's NFT business. GameStop is winding down its relationship and pilot gift card marketing partnership with uh, FTX.us and will be providing full refunds to impacted customers, the tweet reads. Please reach out to customer service if you purchased, purchased a gift card. As a part of, FT, of the FTX and GameStop partnership that started back in September, GameStop began carrying gift cards to the cryptocurrency exchange platform. It will now offer refunds to those the those that purchased them. GameStop is just one of several high-profile partnerships that FTX made while it was still competing to be a top crypto exchange. Fine. They FTX has fucked a lot of people <laughs> in a jiffy. Like I I wasn't aware of just how many hand, like uh, how many Oh yeah, there's a lawsuit right now too. Uh that's naming Tom Brady as one of them. And uh, I wasn't aware of how many hands were in the FTX cookie jar until I found out just how many of them got slapped. There's a uh, there's been a couple other places that cuz FTX the full story behind this well, I guess it's right there. FTX filed for bankruptcy, and they're going through Chapter 11 now. They got rid of their CEO, and uh, and a lot of different funds that were had assets tied up in FTX are are now also having to either assure their customers they're not going to collapse, or getting ready to declare bankruptcy. Well, here's the thing. Um, here's just the sports people. I mean, there was a lot of celebrities involved with, the, with this company, but Tom Brady, his ex-wife Giselle Bunchen. Trevor Lawrence, Shaquille O'Neal, Stephen Curry, Shoei Yatani, and, and the entire Golden State Warriors are named in the lawsuit. Mm. You know, like here's a fun intersection of the of these two stories we have here on the uh, on this episode. <laughs> uh, so one of FTX's uh, one of FTX's former partners, or as of today. Was Team Solomed, the esports organization? They were they were called TSM FTX. Uh, they FTX became a sponsor of Team Solomed back in September 2021, and basically FTX was on Team Solomed's logo, on their jerseys, on their building, on everything. So this has happened, and uh, now Team Solomed is also cutting ties with FTX. The problem is that. Uh, Team Solomed had FTX in their Twitter profile, and because Elon Musk has fucked up verification on Twitter so much, they cannot remove FTX from their name at current because they're verified. Yeah. I mean, it was two months. <laughs> two months GameStop had to learn. No. And – you know what's really funny is that Square Enix is still all in on on on, on, on FTs. Yeah, they 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 started up their next phase, I guess, after getting rid of the uh, Western Studios, and now they're uh, developing a game, whatever thing for it. Um, oh yeah, that that Biosynthesis thing that upset all the. Uh, we talked about uh, it last week. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, so that's. Pretty horrible. I, I don't know how quickly they will find out that this is not going to work and nobody wants this. They, they they already bombed out on the other FT thing. I mean, they're not learning. What they seem to fail to realize is that people play video games, not video work. Uh, well... As far as GameStop goes, their their NFT marketplace was in beta, and I don't think they had a ton. Of, I don't think they they invested so much into it that's going to hurt their business. It was just a side thing that they're doing in addition to like transforming the rest of their stuff. GameStop is probably going to be okay. Well, and they they were in trouble, but then Microsoft saved their bacon. 
No, a whole bunch of people that short squeezed the. No, 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 no. But it's that 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 only that only inflated the value of the stock. But I'm saying is that, um, it it, it, those come down in price immediately at some point. I mean, you do have to provide money, and Microsoft basically saved their bacon before the entire pumping uh, pumping uh, stock because Microsoft made a deal with GameStop about selling you know about selling um, Xbox Series X's and X's you know. And Microsoft invested in, in, in GameStop as sort of like, yeah, you, you have to, you have to, you know, we trust you to sell our hardware because even if people are buying digital, you know, you, you can't, you can't buy an Xbox Series X, uh, what's it called, and download it. I would argue that the thing that probably saved GameStop the most is that once their stock got inflated by uh, that short squeeze, um, they issued more stock for people to buy when it was a hot commodity and that made them a shit ton of money. They paid off all of their debt with that. And, uh, now they're in a situation where like they're moving more of their business into online sales and, and, uh, and shipping, which is a smart thing for them because brick and mortar is almost dead for, for it's not, it's not that dead. It's not I that mean, dead. Enough, it, yeah, not it, even for video games because like, you know, here's the thing. If I want to buy a controller, I'll go to a brick and mortar. I'm not gonna. I, I don't like to order those online. You know, I'll see the PDX or just get a regular Microsoft uh, uh, controller or whatever. You know, I'll go to I'll go to a brick and mortar to pick up my controllers or any other hardware. I don't sure. like ordering online with uh, with computer with the only the only reason why I got an Xbox Series X online is because it was the only way I was gonna be able to get it, and that I got through GameStop. <laughs> Sure, but they've closed a lot of like oh they have closed a lot of GameStop yeah, stores. stores to to shift over to like their basically online ordering and, and warehouses, which is a smart thing for them to do. I think I like yes, there will always be a novelty in a in a in a certain there there will always be a certain joy in going to a game store and being able to look at the stuff, but like you know the name of the there was a store that. Basically, GameStop overtook, and I'm pretty sure you remember it. It was this is a very late '90s, early 2000s name, but Electronics Boutique. I and loved. I remember them and Babbage's. Those were both really good stores. I, I do miss walking into a store and seeing games on the shelf. Yeah, but here's the at. thing about here's the thing about EB though. It was ba- it's basically what what brick and mortars are going to be with with video games a boutique. You know, you're going to go into a GameStop as a boutique instead of, you know, as just a, you know, like a Radio Shack or something. You know, yeah, I miss Radio Shack. I need Radio Shacks. You know, I still deal with electronics. I don't want to have to go to Best Buy or something like that to get stuff like a USB-C convert, you know, adapter or something like that. I like being able to go in there for wires and stuff. Yeah. But I don't even know if there are any Radio Shacks out there anymore. I know there's no longer Fry's Electronics Fry. Those are dead, and which is a pity. Prize electronics. Yeah, but uh, but back to this. Like that's that's going to cost GameStop in the end, but I don't think it's going to be so harmful to GameStop that they're going to stop doing NFTs. I think they're going to keep going with that NFT marketplace because, like, even right now, crypto and NFTs are in a slump. The bubble has burst. Uh, billions has been lost. Everybody lost their nerd gold. But there's no harm in developing NFT technology still. Like, I don't think so anyways. You keep thinking that. <laughs> you keep thinking that. Well, it, it, okay. Here's the thing. Losing it's gambling. It's, it's now effectively gambling. But, like, designing the technology it's for... unregulated. It, so long as it's unregulated then it's going to be a hot, a hot tire fire. You need to regulate that shit. The things they're doing with NFTs now, they were doing in the stock market before the SEC was invented. Just look up the uh, the Gilded Age and the late 1800s, you know, 1890s and stuff like that when it was unregulated and find out how, they, you know, rich people would just pump and dump a stock so that, so that they would make money that way. It Until it's regulated, stay far away from it. And the funny thing is that the reason why all these tech bros want NFTs is because it's unregulated. But if it's going to be the Wild West, who's going to, you know, who's going to take it seriously? Yeah. 
And it's, all it's going to be is tech bros selling to each other until some sucker, uh, what's it called, buys it. You know, it's basically circle jerking until, you know, someone new says, oh, it's this. And says, oh, here, buy it. And then they get screwed. Well, and more importantly, like, as the technology continues to develop and, and get further and further and further ahead of any sort of regulation that could be put in place. Wow, you sound just like Mark Zuckerberg. Let's talk about the metaverse. Well, no, I'm saying <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the metaverse since this is a short episode. That's also what a hot. Saying, what, that's also a hot tire fire right now too. What Meta- I'm saying is that the government is is already ill-equipped to handle the regulation of this because they haven't stayed up to date with it. They don't understand it, and uh, the more that it continues to develop, the more behind they're going to get, and the harder it's going to be to figure out what a meaningful form of regulation would even be. <laughs> So let's talk about Meta's uh, crashing here. <laughs> uh, it's in a free fall, and I don't know how how they're going to get out of it. I by know not it. spending three hundred by not spending three point six seven billion dollars on re, on VR technology per quarter. Yeah, and it's a <laughs> shame that that we, I think we discussed this. It's a shame that uh, they're raising the price of the Oculus Quests, you know, because I'm I'm looking forward to the Oculus Quest Three. I've been using it to play Elite Dangerous, and I, I you know, I, the, the design of the Oculus, the Meta Quest, is is so wonderful. I know you own one too. It's like you don't have to deal with wires and shit like that, you know, for the most part. Just put it on and boom, you're there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use a System Link when playing a, a VR for my PC, but still, yes. Yeah, but then they're spending so much money on trying to make Horizon Worlds matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you're hoping is that Meta World crashes and burns so that when a, when the new quest comes out, you don't have to uh, share your Facebook account. No, I already put in my pre-order for uh, PSVR 2. So, like, as soon as that comes out, I'm, I'm off the quest boat and on to PSVR. Uh, can you use your PSVR with a PC? Uh, arguably, the PS5 is a PC. Uh, no, because Steam is on PC. Yeah, that's true. But also, you can't play uh, a bunch of Steam games without a link. No, well, you also have the Air Link too. So, oh, but what I did discover is there is the Steam VR app, which is wonderful because that just yes. remembers everything you do, and you don't have to go through all the rigmarole. No, you just point at the game, and say, "I want to play that in VR," which is good. Yeah. Maybe I'll finish the uh, Psychonauts VR game at some point. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like I love uh, the innovations that the Quest 2 made in VR. I think it's a really, really good standalone system. I just uh, don't want to support Meta. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Um, I do want to – the one I really want is – well, I, I here's the, I've heard some bad things about um, – oh, what was the name of the other one? The other VR system. You know the one I'm talking about. HTC? Yeah, the HTC Vive. I've heard I've heard mixed reviews of that one, and that one has so many wires coming out of it, it's not funny. The PSVR 2, the, my favorite th- – well, I love the fact that it's only going to be one wire. I love that. Every single time I hear that, I think, God, it's going to be so easy to set up. Are you going to get the uh, little dildos that go with it? The little dildos? <laughs> the move uh, controllers. <laughs> they're orb. They're orb controllers. They have little. Uh, yeah, the, they have the, little orb the, uh, structure. The move. Yeah, the move. Yeah, the move. Basically, an evolved move. The dildos were PSVR one. Yeah. <laughs> the light up dildos. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh huh. Yeah, I'm. I'm real excited for that because, like, they they finally opened up the P, the the uh, pre-orders for it. They just announced that uh, some really good games are going. They announced that some really good games are going to be coming to it. I hope they bring uh, Saints and Sinners Chapter Two because I love playing uh, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. It's one of my favorite things. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm excited for the PSVR two to come out. Have you tried the the Hewlett Packard's one, the Reverb? I've not, but I've heard it's a good like entry level VR setup. Because it looks like the it looks like the MetaQuest. Yeah. But I think I think it's less powerful. The thing that I am uh 
See the HD, uh, the HTC Vive Pro Two has the highest resolution. It's it's actually kind of priced. It's fourteen hundred bucks. But that's what I'm looking forward to with the uh, MetaQuest uh, Three is that um, I'm I, I want to see how high if because they, they said it's going to have a higher resolution. Yeah. That's the word. There I was sh- uh, there was some uh, civilization news that there's a, a new leaders pack coming out. Oh yeah, out, uh, a leaders pack. It's Lincoln. Um, Ramses uh, and Ramsey's Elizabeth the first. They're going to also have persona care, uh, per- personas of current ones. And an African leader like, who's a woman. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember her name. Uh, yeah, sorry, got it too. Um, but uh, it, it looks interesting, at least that they that they're still developing or at least oh. adding Civ Six. Queen Mbande and Zika. Um, yeah. Then, oh well, uh, there's also going to be great commanders coming out. Uh, you'll have Tokugawa from Japan. So, yeah, Tokugawa, uh, Nadir Shah for Persia, and Suleiman Magnificent for the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. And I think Saladin. Yeah. He's getting Suleiman, added. Suleiman, not Saladin. I thought Saladin was being added as well. Saladin, I think, is already out there. Suleiman is a different person. Right, right. I know. But, um, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, so, okay, so for the first pack is going to be Abraham Lincoln, Mbadi Nzinga, and Suladan. And then it's going to be Tokugawa, Nadasha, and Suleiman the Magnificent. You have Yongul, uh, Yang Shi Huang, and Yushuan for the, uh, Yushi Shan for, uh, for the fourth pack. The fourth, uh, third pack. The fourth pack is going to be Ramsey the second. Then Ptolemy Cleopatra, and uh, King uh, Sundia Kaida. For the Mali, then the fifth is going to be Theodora for the Byzantines. That's interesting because uh, she was the wife. She was the queen. She wasn't. She. Uh, I guess. I guess she co-ruled with him, but still. Xizhong uh, and Ludwig II for Germany, and then Pack Six is going to be Elizabeth I, uh, Varangi and Harald Narad Hardraja for Norway, and uh, the Age of Steam Victoria for England. Um, so they're going to be in groups that are going to be released uh, between November 21st and March 2023. Each of these, uh, That's something I'll look forward to for said players. And the funny thing is that Abraham Lincoln was leader for, for America for the first four games, if I remember correctly. And then they went to Roosevelt, both Franklin and Teddy. They also had George Washington a few times. Did they? Yeah, I think in Civ 4 or Civ 5. It was Civ Five, but I'm looking forward to those. Uh, we also have some listener feedback. Uh, this is from Jordan on episode 666, and he's talking about Nintendo uh, banning stuff. Uh, Nintendo's new rules seem exceedingly strange when you consider Chaos Head Noah apparently failed Steam standards and practices, but was immediately picked up for the Switch. Uh, Steam has since reversed this decision, but still. Yeah, Nintendo has always had odd rules for what is and like out of all the systems, I understand my understanding of uh, of Nintendo's like getting a game approved for that is like not easy, and yet there's so much shovelware on there, so much. Yeah, it used like, to be it used to be uh, indie developers would go there because there wasn't shovelware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, I love Nintendo Switch. It's a funny time going through the library and looking at new releases and seeing what got through. But like, also at the same time, for all that supposed Nintendo curation, there is a lot of crap on there. And what's funny is that it's not even the old NES crap. It's all mm-hmm. uh, indie game crap. Because that's what people want is they want the NES crap, the NSNES crap, the uh, Nintendo 64 crap, the GameCube crap. They're waiting for that crap. Oh, I mean, I'm not talking about, like, virtual console stuff when I say crap. I'm talking about Little Witch uh, Academia or whatever that's, like, a fucking clear asset du- asset flip dump. Oh, oh, wait. Um, I did play that, um, the, that witch, uh, that basically witch version of the Hogwarts game. I actually liked it. It was cute. I played the demo, though. I haven't played the entire game. Huh. Yeah, I uh, so like Nintendo's new rules. I don't know. Like, 
if it means seeing less shovelware come in all the time. Oh, they uh, just had to put. They just had to take away the titties. You know, they just covered them up. You can have bulging. You can have a bulging chest. They don't care about that. I think the reason why Chaos no, had no was was immediately was immediately put on Switch is because it was popular in Japan. And hey, guess what? You know, Nintendo of America is the one who's getting pissy about about what can go on the system. I think. I don't know. But it was popular enough in Japan that they didn't care. Yeah. But all you have to do is is, is hide the titties, basically, or hide the nipples, at least. Just make sure if she has gigantic breasts, you can't see them w- without clothing on. You're not gonna you're not gonna stop the masturbatory visual novels. You're not. It's in Nintendo's yeah. blood. <laughs> it's in the PlayStation blood too. Look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy your feedback, so comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us some iTunes comments. You can sort of kind of find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me there at uh, Johnny Chugs. I'm there as Shard of Ma. Because here's the thing. We don't even know if our, our accounts will be active anymore. Yeah. We have no idea what tw- what's going to happen with Twitter. For all you know, don't it could... Don't log out of Twitter because two-factor authentication is broken. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh. That that's that, that's a little creepy. <laughs> it <laughs> is a tire. There's a tire fire there, and they don't know what they're doing. But hey, at least Kanye West is running is running Parler. He can't ruin it because no one cares about Parler. <laughs> Anyways. Like I said last week, this is making Facebook look good. It's not maybe dropping, uh, dropping on, on Meta, but at least Facebook doesn't have its head up its ass. <laughs> I mean, the website itself. They clean up their act. You know, They they always have those uh, things that, you know, that monitor when people are posting fake news or stuff like that, you know. And, and, yeah. But Twitter has just gotten controlled by Ten-year-old with a with a, with a much. and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Anyways, uh, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. And that's it. I'm gonna be in LA uh, next week. Nice. Uh, 21st. 21st through the 24th, so um, I'm not sure if we're gonna I have an awesome trip then. So I'm guessing we're not gonna have a podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, unless if we can get it done on like Monday or Tuesday, that'd be great. It's not gonna happen. That's why I'm leaving. I'm going from the 21st to the 24th, so I'm coming back on Thanksgiving. And okay, well, I don't know if we're be, I don't I don't know if we're gonna be recording on on Friday. I mean, what would be the point? So yeah, I'm definitely probably. not gonna be available after Wednesday. So okay, so then we'll see each other in two weeks. Okay. Yep. Oh, by the way, I'm going to Pax Unplugged uh, December 1st through the 4th. Enjoy. Yep. Have fun. I'm going to make sure I have a lot of videos from that.